What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. All right, so episode thirteen, episode thirteen, tale of the tapes podcast. I should have brought this up last week. So last week was the first week that marked us being past the halfway point of season one. As I announced, I believe it was like a week or two ago, I announced that each decade was going to be a season. The 80s will be a season. That will be season one. The 90s will be season two and so on and so forth. Um, So we're past past halfway at this point on season one. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um, Today we have MC Shan and Heavy D. most people have at least heard of either of those two artists you know i'm not gonna say they're the most legendary or the most popular but i mean you'd be hard pressed to find people into hip-hop that don't at least know those names whether they listen to them or not is another story but i i think most of your hip-hop community knows these two names so with that being said let's get into mc shan who came out first both of these artists had their debut album in 1987, but uh, MC Shans was our first, so we'll start with him. Birth name, Sean Mulkey. Born September 26, 1965 in Queensbridge, Long Island City, Queens, New York, New York, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop and R&B. Years active are listed from 1985 to present. Again, that probably goes back to most of what we've had lately with the, the years active where... I don't know that these guys are really putting out music or albums anymore at this current time, but probably still involved in hip-hop in some way, whether they're making beats, whether they're, you know, um, engineering, whether, you know, whatever it may be. So probably still involved in the hip-hop game, but to my knowledge, I don't believe still putting out new records. A little background on MC Shan. Sean Mulkey, born September 6, 1965, better known by his stage name MC Shan is an American hip-hop and R&B recording artist. He is best known for his song The Bridge, produced by Molly Maul, and for collaborating with Snow on Informer, the international number one hit single. MC Shan is one of the most parodied hip-hop artists of the 20th century, along with KRS-One, owing to The Bridge Wars. Again, that's probably something right there where, even if you don't listen to MC Shan, you probably at least know who MC Shan is, if nothing else, just from the scenario with KRS-One with the bridges over and, you know, all that, the battle back and forth and the beef and stuff like that. You know, real hip-hop heads will, will know more about him. You know, people that are really into the history of this stuff and everything like that. But as far as current people today listening to MC Shan, I don't really know. But most people should know who he is, like I said, if nothing else, at least from that. So, that being said, let's get to his list. Let's hit random. And this is MC Shan Beat Biter. Now, before we even play this song, I know what this is. I just want to point out that when we had the Cool Mo D and LL Cool J episode, it was interesting because the two of them had beef with each other and had made a series of songs back and forth to each other, and they wound up being judged and scored on the same episode, which was pretty cool. But we didn't hear any of those songs from either of those guys during that episode. This song right here is an LL Cool J diss. It's basically the same thing that most people accused LL Cool J of, which was, you know, biting beats or whatever the scenario is. So 
Again, we're not going to get into the LL Cool J and MC Shan beef today or on this podcast in general, but that is what this song is. So let's hear what MC Shan had to say on the subject. intro there let me rock this rhyme only if i may it's directed to my man ll cool j one syllable one rhyme each bar very simple but leads into each other well the line makes perfect sense uh you know nothing too good or bad about it your brand new jam sure does sound sweet you rock the bells but you stole my beat now that's a little bit better it's not as simple it's still you know it's still just the one the one rhyme per bar and the one syllable per rhyme so in, in that sense, it is simple, um, but again, all four of those lines lead into each other well. They're all about the same thing. I told you before the song started that it does have a particular topic. It is about LL Cool J, so uh, let's see if he can keep that throughout and, and keep talking about one thing. Then he has a little bit of a break, and he goes into, Me and Molly Mall, we designed it well. You added some percussion, thought we could not tell. Same thing as the four bars that preceded it. Very simple lines, one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme, but the lines all lead into each other well. They make sense. They're all still about the same thing. It will be my glory to tell this story. It will even be rocked in your territory. So now, a little bit better here. We have three rhymes on the two bars, and we have two syllables on each of the rhymes while still keeping the subject, still leading into each other well, still making sense. Now, there's a couple of lines here that are pretty good. Um, you know, the your jam sure does sound sweet. You rock the bells, but you stole my beat. It will be my glory to tell this story. It'll even be rocked in your territory. Pretty good lines. Again, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing amazing, but... You do have him up in his game a little bit with the three rhymes and the two syllables, and he was still, he, he didn't give in another area. The lines weren't terrible, they didn't get horrible, they didn't go off topic, so he was able to do something a little bit better there while still keeping all of the things that he had done prior. Think they're so slick that they can't be greased. What I really hate most be biting MCs. To make their own would be a total waste. Let me tell you what happened in this one case. And I wanted to stop there because we could see that he's setting up to lead into something, whether he's going to tell some sort of story or paint some type of picture. Again, all of these bars lead into each other well. And almost all of them, you just have the one rhyme and the one syllable on the rhymes. 
So mostly simple stuff here, but again, it's direct. He does a good job of sticking to what he's talking about. He does a good job of them leading into each other well and making sense. He's not jumping around and just saying random things about, oh, Cool J. So the song does have flow. It does have a story to it. So let's see where he picks off when he says, let me tell you what happened in this one case. Turned on the radio station of my choice When I heard my beat with the next man's voice Put it on tape and I played it again It just couldn't be so I asked my friend He didn't want to hurt my feelings so he said I guess Played it one more time, homeboy said yes I got so mad that I wanted to scream But I sat and wrote a rhyme to release my steam Okay, so a lot more of the same here After that he goes into the story Turned on the radio station of my choice when I heard my beat with the next man's voice. Again, very simple, just one rhyme, one syllable. But these are pretty decent lines. He Again, he's still telling a story. He's still talking about the same thing. He's painting a picture. Um, they lead into each other well. So it's definitely, definitely more good than bad here from MC Shan. Put it on tape and I played it again. It just couldn't be, so I asked my friend. Now, again, these are pretty good lines. Very simple, one rhyme, one syllable. But the lines are pretty good. He's painting a picture of how he kept playing it over and over again. Basically trying to tell himself like, you're reading too much into this, man. This can't be, there's no way some dude just took your beat basically and is, you know, got a song on the radio about it. So I went and asked my friend to be like, yo, am I bugging bro or is this the same beat? Then he goes in to say, he didn't want to hurt my feelings. So he said, I guess played it one more time. Homeboy said, yes. So again, painting a picture, he plays it to his boy and his boy's like, I guess, bro, you know, I guess I could see what you're saying. And then he's like, I, plays it again. And his boy is kind of like, yeah, you know, there's no denying that. Like I, I tried to give the other dude the benefit of the doubt, but after hearing it the second time, I mean, it's clearly your beat type of thing. So again, very simple on a lot of these lines, really just mostly one rhyme per bar, mostly one syllable per rhyme. But again, keeping topic, they all lead into each other well. They all make sense. And he has made some some pretty strong points here while painting a, a pretty clear picture. I got so mad that I wanted to scream, but I sat and wrote a rhyme to release my steam. Again, exact same pattern as before. One rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. Lines read into each other well. He's still painting a picture of, I wanted to react a certain way, but... Instead, I did this. Now, again, the lines are very simple. I got so mad that I wanted to scream. I mean, again, nothing great about these lines, but really nothing negative either, aside from them just being very simplistic. It just so happened that we met someplace. I confronted this beat fight a face to face. I asked, did he do it? And of course he denied. So I had to say, homeboy, oh I let that slide. To this here story, there is no end. I'm just waiting for the sucker kid to do it again. I was just so shocked when I heard his cut. I called his girl everything but a sleaze back slut. Beat fighters I devour like a three-course meal. So be careful next time whose beat you steal. That's not really what this song is about. But if you steal my beats, I'm taking you out. 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 Okay, so again, a lot more of the same. He goes on to say, It just so happened that we met someplace. I confronted this beat biter face to face. I asked, Did he do it? And of course he denied, so I had to say, Homeboy, I let that slide. 
Again, very simple. One rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. But again, I like the lines. He's making strong points here. I clearly wasn't there. You and me weren't there. Nobody really knows what happened except for the people that were there. Maybe just MC Shannon, LL Cool J, whatever the case may be. Um, it's not my job to sit here and figure out what of this story is true, but it is his job when he's painting a picture and telling a story to make it clear, to make the listener at least get his version of the events of what happened, which I think that he's done a good job of up to this point. Um, now I also like these lines because I've been in scenarios like this before, both having to do with hip hop and not having to do with hip hop. And the way that I like to look at things is... If I think you may have did something, or I heard that you may have did something, right? And I come up to you, to your face, as a man, and I say to you, I look you in your eyes and I say to you, Yo, did you do this? And you look me in the eyes and tell me, Nah, I didn't do that. What can you do at that point? Because one of two things is happening. He either didn't do it, and you're wrong, and you're starting some shit for nothing, or you're making a mountain out of a molehill or whatever. Or he did do it, he knows he did it, and now, to your face, he's going to deny that he did it because he's scared of the repercussions or what's going to come back at him when he turns around and says to you, yeah, I did it, what's up? So, you know, at that point, the situation is squashed as far as I'm concerned because, again, you either did it and you're too soft to admit it, in which I have really no interest in going forward at this point, you're pussy. Or you didn't do it and we could just drop it. So again, very simple, but I, I like what he's doing. Um, everything leads into each other well. Everything's made perfect sense. Everything's been on topic. It's been on point. Um, he's painted a story. He's painted a clear picture. Goes on to say, to this here story, there is no end. I'm just waiting for the sucker kid to do it again. Another pretty good line because he's kind of saying, there is no ending to this. It's not... Oh yeah, he said I did it, what's up? And I hit him in the face and fucked him up. There's no ending to this because he denied it. But I'm just waiting for him to do it again. Because if he does it again, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So again, very simple lines. Um, nothing really great about them. But again, they lead into each other well. They make perfect sense. And they're just, they're pretty good lines. The rhymes themselves are not complicated, but the lines are pretty good which is another way to get good scores in lyrics. You know, I want to point out that not all of your rhymes have to be multisyllabic. You don't have to have six rhymes every two bars. You don't have to have all that stuff to be good lyrically. You could be making really strong points. You could be telling really awesome stories. You know, there are different things that you could do. It's just so far up to this point, most of what we've been seeing... Um, has been simplistic stuff and then the exceptions that haven't been have mostly been due to to syllables or number of rhymes per bar but again as we get on you're going to start to see people have really good lines tell really good stories have multisyllabic rhymes have six rhymes every two bars you know stuff like that you're going to see it all come together so so far here we're kind of seeing a lot of the opposite of what we see where a lot of times when we start to see the complexity of the rhymes get a little bit better. You start to see them get a little more random. Whereas these are very, very simple, but they lead into each other well and they make perfect sense. And there's a lot of good, strong, valid points and lines in here. So after that, he says, I was just so shocked when I heard his cut. 
I called his girl everything but a sleazebag slut. Now, that that line's not great. Again, one rhyme per bar, very simplistic. Um, it's not a bad line, but it's it's not up to par with most of the other lines that have preceded this so far. It's kind of similar to earlier when he said, I got so mad that I wanted to scream. I called his girl everything but a sleazebag slut. It's like, all right, what's the next line? Beat bite as I devour like a three-course meal, so be careful next time whose beat you steal. Again, very similar pattern to all the other stuff before it. The lines are not great. One syllable on the rhymes, one rhyme per bar. Very simplistic, but they lead into each other well. Then he ends the verse by saying, That's not really what this song is about, but if you steal my beats, I'm taking you out. So, basically... The impression that I get from the majority of that first verse is that he really believes that LL Cool J stole his beat. And he's kind of trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. He has his boy listen to it like, yo, isn't this my beat? And his boy's like, I guess. And then listens to it again. And he's like, yeah, it is. Like, he took your beat. Then he goes on to say that he saw him face to face. LL Cool J denied it. So he's kind of got to let it go. But he's still kind of mad because he believes that LL Cool J took his beat. So... Let him do it again, and I'm going to fuck him up. And then he closes it by saying that, basically, I'm not trying to make a song acting tough. That's not really what this is about. But if you steal my beats, I'm taking you out. Again, very simplistic rhymes. One syllable on the rhymes, one rhyme per bar. But he kept the topic, the whole verse there. He definitely had some good lines in there. Um, I don't know if the verse was quite good enough to raise it above average. It would be above average already just based on the fact that he's kept it a topic for the entire song. Um, he's not telling a story in a sense of where he's creating like a story with a, you know, a, a crazy ending and stuff like that. So he wouldn't get extra points for that. But the song is obviously about one thing and he's only spoke about one thing. That verse was close to raising it to probably around a one and a half or so already. So let's get into the second verse from there and see what goes on. I use him around so nice You press one and say, man, I got to hear that twice Jack be nimble, Jack be quick Saying things like that, you must be sick I feel sorry for the souls, it really makes me sad Telling stories of the battles that they never had I'm the root, my rhyme, the tree As essential to my mind as my eyes must see I expand one's thoughts to the very extreme Have you thinking something's real when it's only a dream? If I was a perpetrator, I'd feel ashamed Putting silly words together Okay, so he says, the lyrics that I use in my rhymes are so nice, you press rewind and say, man, I got to hear that twice. Now, again, very simple lines, one rhyme per ball, one syllable per rhyme. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, saying things like that, you must be sick. Now, here's where he starts to lose me. When people do things like this, now, I, I get it. I'm not saying, again, that you can't be random, but... Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. I just, you know, why are you saying that? Why are you saying a nursery rhyme for no reason? It has nothing to do with the song. It has nothing to do with anything that he's been talking about so far. It's just kind of a, a quick little cop out. Saying things like that, you must be sick. I feel sorry for those souls. It really makes me sad. 
telling stories of the battles that they never had. Again, one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. There's nothing special about any of these lines. This second verse is not as good so far as the first one was. I'm the root, my rhyme the tree, as essential to my mind as my eyes must see. Now, that's a pretty good rhyme. It's nothing crazy. I'm the root, my rhyme the tree, as essential to my mind as my eyes must see. Again, it's not amazing, it's nothing special, it's one syllable on the rhyme, it's one rhyme per bar. Decent line there. I expand one's thoughts to the very extreme, have you thinking something's real when it's only a dream. Same pattern as before, same pattern as everything else in the song. If I was a perpetrator, I'd feel ashamed, putting silly words together that all sound the same. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but... To me, it seems like he's complaining about some of the same things that I complain about when we do, or I don't know if I should say complain, but I nitpick at when we do do some of these uh, lyric breakdowns or when I give my uh, synopsis that I wrote on people and stuff like that. A lot of times you just have people just saying random words that rhyme. And again, is it great that you can rhyme six, eight, ten? you know, however many rhymes in a two-bar span. Yeah, that's good. That's above average for sure. But, you know, are you sitting here saying like, you know, ran, can, pam, man, am, bam, ram? Like, are you just saying random words that have nothing to do with each other? Because anybody could sit here and do that. Um, you know, it's about the picture you're painting, the story you're telling, the, the artistry you're showing, the lines you're using, the... It's just so many things involved that for you to just sit there and rhyme a bunch of random words and be like, oh my God, look how many words he rhymed. Yeah, but he said nothing though. So I would guess that that's what he's talking about here when he says putting silly words together that all sound the same. Again, I don't know that for a fact, but he hasn't done very much of that at all in this song. He is starting to lose the topic a little bit. We'll see if he can keep it tied in or not. Uh, as we continue, but I mean, we've had other examples of where people will knock something in their verse and they're doing the same thing in their verse. So again, unfortunately, not very surprising, not terrible, but you know, nothing really great, more good than bad though here from MC Shan. They elected president for fresh rhymes that they wrote. I'll be the winner hands down, they demolish the vote. Because I'm quiet at times, I mean I don't have heart. I be praying half the time, please don't let me start. Cause once I start, I'm gonna go get ill. And at times it takes a posse just to make me chill. I say, brother, let's do this right. First we'll drink tea, and then we'll fight. So what, I made a jam on the mellow side. It was something worthwhile, so I kept my pride. Now that my neck is out of the news, rock party so hard that you gotta get loose, get Alright, so he says, if they elected presidents for fresh rhymes that they wrote, I'd be the winner hands down, they'd abolish the vote. That's a pretty good rhyme. He has not it's not just the one syllable on the on the rhymes, and the way that he fits the syllables in rhymes that they wrote abolish the vote so you you really could get away with saying that it's four syllables on the rhyme there um technically when you break each word down it's probably not but again certain people know how to put certain syllables in certain spots with certain words and they flow and they rhyme a certain way so 
that rhyme is pretty good right there. He's got the four syllables on the rhyme and the line itself is pretty good. Um, because I'm quiet at times don't mean I don't have heart. I'd be praying half the time. Please don't let me start. Again, just one syllable on the rhyme, one rhyme per bar, but pretty decent line there. You know, just because I'm, a, I'm quiet at times don't mean I don't have heart. I'd be praying half the time. Please don't let me start. Because once I start, I'm going to cold get ill. And at times it takes a posse just to make me chill. Again, one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. Pretty decent line, nothing crazy. But he's just saying, you know, if I do get to that point, which I don't want to get to, which is why I'm sitting here all quiet. But if I do get to that point, it's going to take a lot more than one person to stop me. I say, brother, let's do this right. First, we'll drink tea and then we'll fight. Not really a great a great line. You just have the one syllable, one rhyme on each bar. And the first we'll drink tea and then we'll fight. It's kind of silly. It's, you know, it's a bit ridiculous. Now, I get his point. I get where he's coming from. You know, it's an old school type of thing of, you know, we'll handle our business like men, shake hands and walk away type of thing like that. But it's just not really a great line. It's not really put in the best way. So what I made a jam on the mellow side, it was something worthwhile, so I kept my pride. Again, one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. They lead into each other well. Now that my neck is out of the noose, rock party so hard that you gotta get loose. So now, there could have been lines in that second verse that were directed at LL Cool J, because I mean, in reality, you could direct anything at anybody, but that... That second verse was not directed at LL Cool J or not about LL Cool J in the same fashion that the first verse was about LL Cool J. So he wouldn't get the extra credit there for keeping this song topic that was about somebody the whole entire time. Again, I don't think that there was anything in that verse to really raise this song above average. Um, there is a third verse, so let's see what he gets into with the third verse, but mostly average stuff here again i do like the way the lines are leading into each other he's done a very good job at that and he has had some pretty hard lines and some pretty valid points but nothing too crazy and everything for the most part has been very simple and i think i know who that somebody is So he says, when you were just a kid with your runny nose, with your everlasting sneakers and your bummy clothes. Now, I would have to look into this, but I don't I don't really think MC Shan is that much older than LL Cool J. I mean, LL Cool J came out in 1985. Now, MC Shan was around before that for sure. 
But MC Shan's first official album wasn't until 1987. So I, I don't think that the age difference is that much to where MC Shan can say, you know, you were just a kid with a runny nose and bummy clothes and all that. Um, now, again, runny nose and bummy clothes is three syllables. So he does do something a little bit better there. He has three syllables on the rhyme, still only to one rhyme each bar. And again, like I said, I'm not sure that that line really makes that much sense, but it's what he said. It's not a bad line. Before you ever thought of making rap your trade, you were dreaming of Adidas while I got paid. Again, I, I get I get what he's doing here. He's basically trying to say that I was doing this long before you. You know, fuck you for thinking you're this nice or whatever the case is. Um, but again, it's just not really the case. I mean, even if MC Sham was doing this before LL Cool J, it, it couldn't really have been that much longer. Um, there's nothing wrong with these lines aside from the fact that I don't really think they're very accurate, but the lines themselves are pretty good. You know, they make sense as far as what he's trying to say. The second pair just has the the one rhyme per bar and the one syllable per rhyme. Now you're sitting there wondering how I know about the days when you used to be an MC Ho. Now again, this is one of those lines where there's a lot of things going into this line. You only have the, the one rhyme per bar and the one syllable per rhyme. And you have a scenario where he says he's an MC ho, which it's a reach. You, you're throwing a word there that kind of, I mean, it's just something to me that you're just using to rhyme where you just could have called him anything. An MC, an MC bitch, an MC prostitute, an MC slut. You know, you're just throwing whatever word there rhymes with the bar before it. So, I, you know, I don't like that. Now, this could be... A really dope line, but only LL Cool J really knows that. If this is one of those things where MC Shan says something about LL Cool J, you know, kind of in, not really in the exact same fashion, but kind of the fashion where Jay-Z was saying about Common with Nas, where he's like, you know who, did you know what, you know who, but let's keep that between me and you. Jay-Z kind of alluded to it a little bit more where you knew it was like a harder line. Even if you didn't know exactly what he was talking about, you knew he was talking about something that probably bothered Nas. This could be one of those scenarios where MC Shan is talking about something specific and, you know, saying now you're sitting there wondering how I know. And it could be a line that bothers LL Cool J because he, you know, it is something that is true. I don't know that and... You know, the way that it's laid out here, there's more bad than good in that line. But it, it's not a bad line and it doesn't lower the song score or anything like that. People souped you up, told you you were nice. Not only rock them once, rock your weak rhymes twice. Again, one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. They lead into each other well, they make sense. They're very simple, there's nothing greater or bad about it really. For guys like you, they should create an award for the most attempts and the least that's scored. That's a pretty hard line. Now, it's only the one syllable and the one rhyme per bar, but again, that's not the only way to be dope lyrically. Not saying that MC Sham was dope lyrically, but he has had some lines in this song that were pretty good lines. And this is a pretty good line right there. See, I'm a rhyme writer, Molly mixes my cuts. I adore fly girls and I spit on sluts. Again, that's totally fucking random. That's where 
you have these scenarios. When I talk about somebody's ability to keep a topic, now, again, you don't have to keep a certain topic for the whole song. Your song doesn't necessarily have to be about a certain thing. You don't have to talk about one thing the whole song. That's not what I'm trying to say. But this song, for the most part, was about something. And then in the second verse, he strayed. And to further that point, you have a scenario like this where it's, See, I'm a rhyme writer, Molly mixes my cuts. I adore fly girls and I spit on sluts. What does it really have to do, not only with the song here, but with the rhyme before it? What is you adoring fly girls and or spitting on sluts have anything to do with really anything at all? So... Again, I, I don't want to nitpick too hard. There's been more good than bad in this song. And, you know, this is not a terrible line. I just want to point out where when I say bars lead into each other well, or things are about things, that's what I'm talking about. This bar does not lead into each other well. It's two totally random sentences that not only have nothing to do with each other, but have nothing to do with the song. So... Population in the palm of my hand Little children saying, Ma, I want to be like Shen I got the knowledge to know The wisdom to speak The understanding of my rhymes is at its fullest peak There were a lot of MCs that tried to rip But they wound up on the slabs as an MC Stick of typographical errors God bless the dead Don't take it too light, these things I said So he says, I hold the rap population in the palm of my hand Little children saying, Ma, I want to be like Shen that's a pretty hard line again. Basically saying, you know, I got the youth, so I hold the rap population in the palm of my hand. Little children saying, Ma, I want to be like Shan. That's a good line there. Again, only, you know, one rhyme per bar and one syllable per rhyme, but another good line there by him. I got the knowledge to know, the wisdom to speak. The understanding of my rhymes is at its fullest peak. Again, pretty good lines there. Just a one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme, but pretty good lines there. There were a lot of MCs that tried to riff, but they wound up on the slabs as an MC stiff. Now, I have an issue with the riff. Nobody really uses riff in normal talking. Nobody would really say riff. Oh, are you trying to riff, bro? You know, I, I don't think that was really any type of conversation that was going on with anybody at this time or at that time so it's one of those words that are thrown in there where you could tell he wanted to say they out they wound up as an mc stiff which is a pretty cool line it's nothing amazing it's nothing great but you know mc shan mc this mc that mc stiff you know you're a stiff you suck or whatever like that and at the same time actually being tangibly stiff as far as getting knocked out or being killed or something like that you know laying on the floor so it's a cool little play on words but again it's not said in the best way because the bar preceding it is basically like a throwaway bar to just rhyme something with the bar after it so a little bit of give and take there no typographical errors god bless the dead don't take it too light these things that i said now the no typographical errors, I could understand. He's basically saying to LL Cool J, I said what I said. I didn't make any mistakes in here, so take it how you want it. Then he says, God bless the dead, which really doesn't have much to do with anything. And then he says, don't take it too light, these things that I said. Again, one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. Kind of the same formula we've had here for the most of the song. Um, it's, again, it's not a bad line. 
but it's not it's not a great line it seems like there's something thrown in there in the bar preceding it just to get him to say what he wanted to say in the bar after it so you know whether you want to call it being lazy or taking a shortcut or whatever like that not the best stuff there judgment overall like a full-fledged king some are sentenced to death others never to sing i'm chilling for the moment yes my friend in a minute i'll be making six g's times ten this might put you in a state of shock it's not how much you make it's how good you rock just to let you know who's dj's greater molly wax buffet summonized cut creator Okay, so a couple of things here with these final eight bars. He says, Final judgment overall like a full-fledged king. Some are sentenced to death, others never to sing. Again, pretty good line. Um, the one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. He very rarely has strayed away from that pattern in this song. Um, and really in, in most of his career, I remember most of that. You'll hear again what I wrote down when I was judging him, but... The line itself is pretty good though. Some sentenced to death, others never to sing. So it's kind of like, you know, a torture type of thing where we're not going to kill you. We're going to let you stay alive like a life in prison type of thing. We're not going to put you out of your misery that quickly. We're going to let you sit around and suffer. You're sentenced to never sing. We don't want to hear your bullshit no more. I'm chilling for the moment. Yes, my friend. In a minute, I'll be making six G's times 10. Don't really like that line for a number of reasons. The second line is a complete cop-out. You could have said you'll be making anything times anything. Um, it's just a very simple, you know, not only is it one rhyme per bar, not only is it one syllable per rhyme, but the whole structure behind the line is very simple. Um, again, you could say I'll be making 10 G's times 2. I'll be making 40 G's times 3. It's just... You could say anything you want. It, it's just not really a good line. And to make it even worse on top of that, before it, he leads into it, I'm chilling for the moment, yes, my friend. And that's another thing where he's throwing in yes, my friend, just because he knows he wants to rhyme the next thing with six Gs times 10 or whatever the case is, or vice versa. But either way, lines are being said there just to make a rhyme. There's not really much substance in that. It's a really easy way out. It's a really easy way to make a bar. It's, you know, a filler. This might put you in a state of shock. It's not how much you make. It's how much you rock. Now, I find it kind of odd that he says right before it, in a minute I'll be making six G's times ten, and then two bars later says it's not how much you make. It's how good you rock. It's a little hypocritical. It's kind of ironic, the placement of the bars. Again, there's still only one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. So very simple and not really great lines in these scenarios. Just to let you know who's DJ's greater, Molly or Wax Buff and Simon Eyes Cut Creator. So that line's not bad. He's got two syllables on the rhyme. They lead into each other very well. Um, you know, this is around in a time frame of hip-hop where... The DJs were a more important and prominent thing and the artists and the DJs kind of stood up for each other and were kind of a, you know, a group type of thing. So, you know, it's kind of like you dissing my boy, I'm coming at you or whatever the case is, or you, you know, you fucking with me, you fucking with my boy. So it's like, 
you know, Cut Creator probably didn't really do shit to MC Shan, I'm sure, but it's like, fuck it. That's your boy, and Molly's my boy, so my boy will wax your boy. <laughs> as far as what the song was scored, that was almost definitely a one. I think overall there was probably a little bit more good than bad in there, just based on the fact that he did have a fairly decent amount of pretty good lines in there. Not in the sense of a lot of syllables or a lot of rhymes per bar or anything like that, but just really strong points and a couple of really dope things said. Again, nothing too amazing, nothing too ridiculous. There wasn't, you know, 25 crazy mind-blowing lines in there or anything like that, but he definitely did have some really strong lines in there. But almost the entire song was one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. Uh... It was directed at LL Cool J. There were parts where it was clearly about LL Cool J. There were parts where it clearly had nothing to do with LL Cool J. So he doesn't get any extra points there for keeping a topic. Again, probably scored a one there. But, you know, when you listen to a certain amount of songs in succession, it's a little bit easier to call things, you know, all right, nah, he deserved a two on this one. It's been a couple of times now where he was on that borderline or whatever. But most likely that song was scored a one. Now... With that being done, let's get into what I wrote down about MC Shan as I was studying MC Shan. Though I had heard of MC Shan, I had never listened to a single song of his before this. He was just below average lyrically, mainly because he was quite inconsistent with the quality of his bars. One line would be super dope, then a bunch of filler, then he would reach with a weak line, and he contradicted himself a lot if you pay attention to what he's saying from song to song. He was pretty consistent with his albums, with three of four of them being good and one being average. One could easily make the argument that four albums in 30 years is not a strong ratio, though. Of the 57 songs on those four albums, there were no great ones, but he did have six good ones and only one weak one. One area that can't be disputed is MC Shan's impact on the hip-hop game. He is a legendary name in hip-hop and had major influences on rappers like Nas specifically, but also artists such as Bismarcky, The Locks, Jay-Z, Biggie, Mob Deep, Nori, The Jungle Brothers, Buckshot, and many, many more. One area it was difficult to find any points to give Shan was originality. Aside from an original song or two, there really wasn't anything original about MC Shan from his image to lyrical content. Now, again, we have another prime example of what I wrote down really mixing and fitting with what we just heard in the song pretty perfectly. So overall, he was a little below average lyrically, and I basically blame that on the fact that he was inconsistent with the quality of his bars, how one line would be super dope, which we saw in this song that we just listened to, and then a bunch of filler, which we also saw in this song. Then he would reach with a weak line, and I even brought up how he would contradict himself a lot. And I just pointed out how at the end of that third verse, he contradicted himself right there. So I think that that was a little bit of the better side of MC Shan that we saw in that song. But even probably in the better side of MC Shan, you can still see some of the negatives that I did point out. So you can you get a little example there of what I was alluding to when I wrote down what I wrote down listening to him. Um, now that you heard that, let's hear the actual math of it. Lyrics, he gets a four and a half. His album score is a 3.63 with zero classics. Song score is a minus 0.16. Very minuscule number, only one weak song out of 57 songs, but also no great ones. Impact, he gets an eight. 
and originality, he gets a four and a half, just below average. Add all those up, divide by five, you get a final score of 4.09, which leaves him in 73rd place of 115 artists done at this point. So we have, I have finished one more artist since we did the last episode. So now we have 115 artists done. Again, MC Shan, a pioneer, um, involved in one of the most historical, legendary battles in probably hip-hop history. You know, gotta give a shout-out to MC Shan. You know, hats off to him. Made his mark in the game. Take nothing away from him. With Shan out of the way, let's get into Heavy D, who, as I stated earlier, also had his debut album in 1987, but just after MC Shan's. Birth name is Dwight Arrington Myers. He was born May 24th, 1967 in Manville, Jamaica, and his origins Mount Vernon, New York, United States. He died on November 8th, 2011. Uh, he was 44 years old, and I believe that Heavy D is the first artist we've covered who's not with us anymore, so I just want to pause here. Big shout out to Heavy D. Much respect to Heavy D. Rest in peace. Um, I'm actually surprised that this is the first artist that we've covered, you know, especially considering that we went all the way back to the beginning of hip-hop, that he's the first artist that we've covered so far who's not with us anymore, so um, again, rest in peace to Heavy D. Genres are listed as hip-hop and reggae fusion, and his years active are listed as 1986 to 2011. Little bit of background on Heavy D. Dwight Arrington Myers, better known as Heavy D, was a Jamaican-born American rapper, record producer, singer, and actor. Myers was the former leader of Heavy D and the Boys, a group which included dancers and background vocalists G-Wiz, Trouble T-Roy, and Eddie F., the group maintained a sizable audience in the United States through most of the 1990s. The five albums the group released were produced by Ted Riley, Molly Maul, DJ Premier, his cousin Pete Rock, and Eddie F. Now, the reason that I left that in there is a couple of reasons. There's a couple of pretty big names in there with Molly Maul, DJ Premier, Pete Rock, and stuff like that. And I also just wanted to subtly point out that Heavy D is the cousin of Pete Rock, who we will be covering in this study. Pete Rock was... Mostly a producer. Um, he's, you know, probably more well-known for his production than he is for his rapping, but he did have a couple of, you know, hip-hop albums where he did rap. He was the main artist on it. He was on all the songs and stuff like that. Um, so Pete Rock will be covered. Just wanted to point out that Heavy D was his cousin. With that being said, let's go to Heavy D's list. Let's hit random. And this is... Heavy D, you ain't heard nothing yet. I want to point out before I even get into anything that that beginning of that song right there that you just heard is the same beginning to, I believe it is G-Unit Eye for an Eye on Beg for Mercy. I could be wrong about this, so I apologize if I am. Again, there's a lot of information going into my brain with this. Um, I'm trying to remember things as best I can, but that's why a lot of things are recorded and pictures and notes and all stuff like that. But I believe this is probably the first song that I can think of 
that we've heard on this podcast where somebody else directly used something from it. So I did just want to point that out. Starts off with tic tac toeing, three in a rowing. Sit back, relax, listen to a proin. As I start going, blowing, flowing, and showing, MCs that I am the capital H E A V Y Dizen. Now, there's a couple of things here with this. It's a little bit of a mirage where you get toeing, rowing, proin, and it seems like it's two bars, but it's really not because. He's just ending everything with like end kind of tic tac toe in three in a row in sit back relax and listen to a pro in so it's really only like the one syllable per rhyme and it doesn't really make much sense I mean the tic tac toe in three in a row in I, I get that you know tic tac toe you need three in a row but what is he really talking about three in a row what you know he doesn't ever allude to that and he just kind of goes into sit back relax and listen to a pro in. As I start going, blowing, flowing, and showing. Which kind of alludes back to what we talked about before. Where, yeah, there's four rhymes in that one bar and they're all two syllables. But he's kind of just saying words. Going, blowing, flowing, showing. Now, they make sense because as I start going, blowing, like, you know, getting popularity. Flowing, obviously flowing your rhymes and showing. So, it does make sense. It's not totally random lines. But... It is a couple of run-on bars because you end the one set the second bar with end, and then after showing, it goes into MCs. Now, here's one of these scenarios where when he says, as I start going, blowing, flowing, and showing, his next bar should rhyme with showing, and it doesn't. So he says, MCs that I am the capital H-E-A-V-Y Dizen. Now, what he does is he rhymes his next bar with that, and then he keeps that pattern until he gets to eight and cuts it. So it's a little bit of give and take here because it's a run-on bar where the second bar of the two doesn't even rhyme with the first one. So that's pretty poor. But then he does pick it up with a bunch of two-syllable rhymes from then on. This is my yard, better yet my precinct. No discontent because I'm all about pleasing. Ladies come to me because they love squeezing. If you don't see me, I'm probably skeezing. Now, again, like I said, all two syllables, only one rhyme per bar, and they don't all lead into each other well. They don't really all have to do with each other. They're not totally random. He's not all over the place. But again, more bad than good here from Heavy D to start this. Easy, desert on the smooth tip as I get loose. Kinda like, let's say, rip this format of my rap. Listen to direction, six foot three with a vanilla complexion. Dance, shake, rock, roll. Heaven's in the house, I got total control. I'm 
I'ma inject respect, collect a fat check, ever in effect, but you ain't heard nothing yet. Okay, so he says, easy does it on the smooth tip. As I get loose, kind of like I say, rip this, which is another run on bar that leads into format of my rap. Listen to direction, six foot three with a vanilla complexion. So in that one, he has an AABB rhyme pattern where you have format A of my rap A, listen to direction B, six foot three with a vanilla complexion B. And you have two syllables on the second set of rhymes. So four rhymes in the two bars. Two of them have two syllables. And you have an A-A-B-B rhyme pattern there. Um, the lines themselves are not really great. Like I said, you have the run-on bar before it that leads into itself. And, you know, they don't all have... They don't all lead into each other great or have anything really to do with each other. Which, again, he's not losing points for. I, I want to stress, you don't always have to be talking about a specific thing. I don't want to seem like that's what I'm saying, but there's nothing there really to give extra points for is the point that I'm trying to make. Then he goes to dance, shake, rock, roll. Heaven's in the house. I got total control. I'm going to inject, respect, collect a fat check. Heaven's in effect, but you ain't heard nothing yet. So pretty good there. On the first two, you got the Dance, shake, rock, roll, heaven's in the house, I got total control, one rhyme per ball, one syllable per rhyme, uh, simple stuff there, but leads into each other well, makes sense. Then he says, I'm going to inject, respect, collect a fat check, which is four rhymes on the one bar there, then heaven is in effect, but you ain't heard nothing yet. So another two on that one, so six rhymes in the en in the ending two bars there, which is, you know... A little bit above average stuff. We're not hearing just one rhyme per bar there. Uh, there is really just one syllable on all those rhymes. But a lot of give and take there in that heavy D verse. Uh, I, I still think probably more bad than good. Not enough to take away from this being an average song. At least not just yet. But a couple of times we had run on bars. A couple of times we had randomness where things didn't really lead into each other. We had the one scenario where bar four didn't rhyme with bar three, and then he had five bars that rhymed instead of an even number, but he did get his bar count back on point halfway through the verse. So again, nothing that would really lose him any points there, but I think a little bit more bad than good. The head mania, trying to figure a way to make it simple and plain to you. Hmm, I'm the hevster, a rap register that flows with cash so fast you can't measure the intent of content that I rep for reason. The format of my rap from past to present tense. Girls, they adore me, they scream for me. Fellas get jealous because the ladies won't ignore me. Okay, so how could I explain to you the head mania, trying to figure out a way to make it simple and plain to you? Now, this is pretty good. It's a, Again, it's a little bit of a mirage. He says, explain to you, have mania. So, you have three syllables on the two rhymes and the one bar there. And then he says, trying to figure out a way to make it simple and plain to you. Which, plain to you and mania is three syllables. 
but explain to you and plain to you is only one syllable. So it's a little bit of a mirage there, but he does have two, three syllable rhymes on there. He has three rhymes in the two bars. So that's definitely an above average two bars right there. I'm the hevster, a rap register that flows with cash so fast you can't measure the intent of content that I represent, the format of my rap from past to present tense. Now, he says he's a rap register that flows with cash so fast you can't measure the. So he has hevster register, which is two rhymes on the one bar, two syllables. That's AA. Then he says that flows with cash B so fast B you can't measure the A. So he has an AABBA rhyme pattern there. And he has register measure the, which is three syllables on the rhymes there. But it's a run on bar again where he says measure the grows into the next bar intent of content that I represent, which is a pretty cool little play on words. And he has three rhymes in the one bar there, all one syllable. The format of my rap from past to present tense. So he has intent, content, AA, represent A. The format B of my rap B from past to present tense A. So he has AAABBA there as a rhyme pattern. And he has six rhymes in the two bars, all one syllable. Girls, they adore me. They scream for me. Fellas get jealous because the ladies won't ignore me. Again, a lot of give and take in this line. Now, it, it's random again where he kind of just goes into some random shit where he goes from talking about how dopey is it rap and this and that to going into girls, they adore me. Random, not going to lose points for it, but random. He has adore me for me on the first bar. So two, two syllable rhymes on the first bar. Those are AA. Then in the second bar, he has fellas B get jealous B because the ladies won't ignore me. A. So he has another AABBA rhyme pattern and he has three, two syllable rhymes and two, two syllable rhymes. So five rhymes on the two bars, you know, two to three syllables on all of them. Again, a little bit random, and saying the ladies won't ignore me is, again, it's not bad, but it's one of those things where you're just kind of saying something a certain way to make it rhyme, uh, you know, for lack of a better way to word it. Oh, fuck, wait, love, fuck, M-C-H-E-A-V-Y-T, rap champion, ask Nick and Damien, Joe Black, P-Rock, Billy Bobbaville, explain to you who is the greatest, the biggest, the baddest. They won't front, they know the heavy D status. My favorite old time group, mm, Gladys, Knight and the Pipson, Love Flip Wilson, the great Houdini was my favorite magician. Sit back, relax, cause heaven's on the mission. I'ma inject, detect, dialect, dissect, direct, heaven's in effect, but you may hurt nothing yet. Okay, um, a lot of give and take here again from Heavy D. So he says, overweight lover MC, H-E-A-V-Y-D. Nothing overly good or bad about that. Very simple, one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. And then after this, he loses his bar count 
pretty badly. He says, Rap Champion, Axe, Nick, and Damien, Joe Black, Pete Rock, Billy Bump, and they'll explain to you. Now, Champion, Damien, explain to you, none of those three things really rhyme at all. So you have more than two bars right there in a row that basically don't really rhyme at all. Um, I'm not sure of the Nick and the Damien that he's referring to. That doesn't make it a bad line, but it certainly prevents it from being a great line if people that, you know, the majority of people that are hearing you don't know what you're talking about. Now, I'm not saying that nobody knows what he's talking about, but the point that I'm trying to make is I am way far beyond your average hip hop fan. Okay. I have studied this shit. I've been listening to hip hop for, you know, about 25 years or so. And I've been studying it profusely for almost a half a decade now where I'm doing what I'm doing here now with these songs for you. I'm doing this every day for over five years. If somebody like me that's researching all this stuff and studying this stuff doesn't know what he's referring to, I can pretty much guarantee you that your average hip-hop fan probably has no idea what he's referring to either. Again, doesn't make it a bad line, but it can't be a great line if nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. Coupled with the fact that those two bars, two and a half bars, whatever you want to call it, didn't really rhyme with anything. Then he goes on to say, who is the greatest, the biggest, the baddest? They won't front. They know the heavy D status. Two syllables on the rhyme, one rhyme per bar. Not a bad line. Nothing wrong with that. My favorite old time group, hmm, Gladys, Knight, and the Pips and Love Flip Wilson. Again, a lot of problems with this line. So he says, my favorite old time group, hmm, Gladys, which has nothing to do with anything that he spoke about at any point in this song. It's also a run-on bar because he ends that bar with Gladys and starts the next bar with Knight, and it wasn't a play on words. Her name just got split, which is weird that he even did this because the next bar that starts with Knight should rhyme with Gladys, and it doesn't. It says, Knights and the Pips and Love Flip Wilson. So you have Flip and Pip, which rhyme in that sentence, but nothing that rhymes at the end of the bar. The second bar doesn't rhyme with the first one. So again, we're seeing a lot of give and take here where he's doing certain things that are pretty good and then he's doing stuff that's pretty bad. More bad than good here from Heavy D, but nothing really atrocious. The Great Houdini was my favorite magician. Sit back, relax, because Hev is on a mission. Again, The Great Houdini was my favorite magician has absolutely nothing in any way, shape, or form to do with anything. Nothing to do with what he said in the song. Nothing to do with the line before it. Nothing to do with the line after it. Um, sit back, relax, because Hev is on a mission. So you got the one rhyme per bar, two syllables on the rhyme, but the rhyme doesn't have nothing. The lines don't have nothing to do with each other. Uh, they don't have nothing to do with the song in general. Then he says, I'm going to inject, detect, dilect, dissect, direct. Hev is in effect, but you ain't heard nothing yet. Now that's a prime example of just throwing a bunch of words together that rhyme. You're you're going to inject, you're going to inject what? You're going to detect, you're going to detect what? You're going to dissect, you're going to direct. I mean, earlier when he said at least, you know, you're blowing, you're flowing, you know, these things, you are flowing. You know, maybe you are blowing up or you're making a point that you're going to be blowing up. I, I get it. 
you were just rhyming a bunch of random words in a sense, but at least they made sense. This one, what do you mean you're going to inject, you're going to detect, you're going to dissect, you're going to do all these things? You're not following it with anything. You're not saying somebody else's rhymes or whatever. Then you go into have is in full effect, but you ain't heard nothing yet. So again, now you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You have seven rhymes in two bars, which is good, but they don't really make much sense. They're just words that rhyme, just stated one after the other. So again, a lot of give and take. A little bit all over the place here from Heavy D. I'm, I'm thinking a little bit more good than bad, but nothing really too far on either end here. Don't even press up, it's time to set up the stage And I won't let up till y'all get up And respect what we inject So come correct, heavy D's in effect But you ain't heard nothing yet, Brecker No half-stepper, rhyme veteran Ripper, Moet Sipper Cause I'm better in this and even that As a matter of fact, you wanna know the place to be The place to be is where heavy's at Okay, so he starts off the third verse with Ayo, back up, don't even press up It's time to set up Which, you got back up, press up, set up It's all up so that doesn't rhyme, but you do have press up and set up. So two rhymes in that one ball with press and set, one syllable on them. The stage, and I won't let up till y'all get up. Again, it's a run on bar. Set up, the stage is split into two bars. I won't let up till y'all get up. Goes with press up and set up. Um, again, though, it's all ending in up. So it's just one syllable on the rhymes, but he does have four rhymes in the two bars, but it is a run on bar. So a whole bunch of give and take here from Heavy D. Or respect what we inject, so come correct. Now you have respect, inject, correct, which is three rhymes in one bar and two syllables, which sounds pretty good. But if you think back to a couple of bars ago in the last verse where he just said a bunch of random words, inject was one of them. Effect was another one, and you ain't heard nothing yet. Then he comes on here and says, or respect what we inject, so come correct, heavy D's in effect, but you ain't heard nothing yet. So aside from correct, it's really almost the exact same line. So we pretty much heard that already. Brecca, no half-stepper, rhyme veteran, ripper, moet sipper, cause I'm better in. So you have Recca, stepper, two rhymes, two syllables, A-A, Rhyme Veteran, B, Ripper, C, Moet Sipper, C, because I'm better in, B. So you got A, A, B, C, C, B as a rhyme pattern there, which that might be the first time we've seen this. I'm not 100% sure. We very well may have seen that before, but I'm not 100% sure. As far as the bars themselves, Recca, No Half Stepper, Rhyme Veteran, okay, cool. Ripper, Moet Sipper, because I'm better in. Now, that's obviously leading into a run-on bar, which he has done numerous, numerous, numerous times in this song. So, it, it seems to be that he has trouble with just constantly doing run-on bars. Um, also, the ripper, moet sipper, it really, you're just naming random things and you're just kind of rhyming random words. It's not bad, but it's not great. It's It's... Give and take again, it's a little bit all over the place. The rhyme pattern was cool. This hand, which is picking up off of I'm better in, so I'm better in this hand, even that and a matter of fact, 
You want to know the place to be? The place to be is where heavy's at. Again, these are really simple lines. Um, one rhyme per ball, one syllable per rhyme. Nothing great about these. I won't say it's a bad line. I certainly wouldn't say it's a good line. I still think we're seeing more bad than good from Heavy here, on this song at least. Assault without a fault, cause I'm courageously standing. I'm in demand, and on stage I'll be better with Eddie F. He's right back at me, the boys are told go left and go right. You know we gotta be correct, cause we expect you to accept the subject that we direct to all turtleneck rappers who seem upset. Heavy is in effect, but you ain't heard nothing yet. Okay, so that's Heavy D, You Ain't Heard Nothing Yet. I just want to talk about real quick, the hook is blank, which again is fine. That could be just some some artistry right there. I don't particularly remember him doing that like constantly. May have may very well have done it more than once, and we'll see when we read what I wrote down about him, but I don't really remember that being something that Heavy D constantly did, so he wouldn't lose points for that on this song. As far as the final couple of bars in this song, I soar without fall. Because I'm courageously standing. I'm in demand and on the stage I'd be better. With Eddie F, he's right back at me. The boys are to the left and the right. You know we gotta be. So there's a lot of problems with this. Says so he's courageously standing and then ends the next ball with On the stage I'd be better. Which doesn't rhyme with standing. And then he says it's a run on bar. He goes into with Eddie F, he's right back at me. The boys are to the left and to the right. You know we gotta be. Now you have Eddie F, A, right back at me, B. The boys are to the left, A, and to the right, you know we gotta be, B. So he has an A, B, A, B rhyme pattern there, but the line really is pretty weak. Uh, it's coming off of a run on bar, and then you just have me and B, which is one syllable, and then F and left, which is also one syllable. So there is four rhymes. There is an ABAB rhyme pattern, but all one syllable on the rhymes. And the second bar, the boys are to the left and the right. You know we gotta be. Again, it's just, you know we gotta be. is just one of those quick shortcuts and cop-outs to where you're rhyming the bar before it of he's right back at me. So a little bit lazier, a little bit of a shortcut there. Not a great bar. The ABAB rhyme pattern is the best thing about it. Again, the four rhymes in the two bars, but just one syllable on all of them and the rhyme, the lines itself aren't great. Correct as we expect you to accept a subject. So you have correct, expect, accept, and subject, which is four rhymes in the one bar. And correct, expect, accept are two syllables, subject is just the one syllable, that we direct to all turtleneck rappers who seem upset. So we have seven rhymes in two bars there, and it's not totally just random words. Correct as we expect you to accept our subject, makes perfect sense, that we direct to all turtleneck rappers who seem upset. So there we have a scenario where we do have seven rhymes in two bars, and they do make sense, and they do lead into each other well. So there's a pretty good two bars right there. And then he goes to say, heavy D is in effect, but you ain't heard nothing yet. 
which is the way that he ended each verse, which again, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, he obviously did that on purpose. He wanted to do that. That's totally fine. That's his art. That's his song. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, now, as far as what that song was scored, I'm sure it was most likely scored a one. But again, listening to all the songs in succession, if the five songs prior to that all had no hook, then he may have lost a little bit for not having a hook on it. Um, if the you know six or seven or two or three or whatever songs before it were a bunch of give and take also, but more bad than good, he may have lost a little bit on it. So certainly can't turn around and just say this is zero or a weak song right off the bat like that. But I do think that we saw more bad than good in there. There was a lot of run-on bars. He probably had at least two to four run-on bars in every verse. And there was three verses. So you're looking at like six to 12 run-on bars in the song, which we talked about in other episodes, why it's easier to create run-on bars than it is to do other rhymes. He did have some good parts where he did have a lot of rhymes and, you know, seven rhymes, six rhymes, eight rhymes, stuff like that in a little two-bar span. More times than not when that happened, they were either one syllable or they didn't have anything to do with each other or something like that. Um, a lot of give and take where he upped one part of his bars, he lowered another part of his bars, which we've seen a lot of from people in general that we've done so far early on here. Again, I don't think there was really anything on that song that by itself made you say this is definitely a below average song, but... It was, it was leaning towards it, um, a little bit more bad than good on that song. Now that we broke down some Heavy D, let's listen to what I wrote down for Heavy D when I was studying him. Heavy D was actually quite a pleasant surprise. Although he was only average lyrically, that was mainly due to some so-so lines and early songs. Heavy certainly showed throughout times in his career that he could drop bars and some hard songs. He was also pretty consistent with his albums as 7 of 8 of them were average and 1 was good. Of the 94 songs he's put out, most were also average with a handful of good ones and weak ones. One area where there was certainly no mediocrity was with Heavy's impact on the game. He was a well-known and respected name with influences on artists such as KRS-One, Nas, Charlie Baltimore, Lloyd Banks, Memphis Bleak, Lil Wayne, Young Guns, Biggie, DMX, The Locks, and many others. While there were certainly ways that Heavy D had a way of fitting in and staying relevant, for the most part, he was a pretty original artist who stayed true to what he believed in regardless of what may have brought him more success. Now I just want to point out the way that I started what I said about Heavy D when I said Heavy D was actually quite a pleasant surprise. Now you have to understand that when I say things like that going into it, a lot of it is based on expectation. Are his scores based on expectation? No, absolutely not. But if you go into somebody expecting them to be terrible for whatever reason, whether you heard they were terrible or you just heard one song of them and you didn't like it or whatever the case is, and then they actually surprise you, it will be more enjoyable for you to listen to. Now, somebody being enjoyable or surprising me or anything like that has absolutely nothing to do with the scores that they got. But it was just more enjoyable for me to listen to than I expected it to be. Now, I'm not trying to knock Heavy D. I didn't think Heavy D was going to suck. But I didn't expect to get some of the songs in the bars that I did get from Heavy D. What I knew of Heavy D was really just, you know, clubby type commercial things. And I didn't know many songs of him. I didn't really know that he had eight albums. 
I didn't know that he had that many songs where they were really hip hop type songs and he was dropping some pretty hard bars. Again, he was inconsistent with his rhymes and stuff like that and I only had him scored lyrically because there was a lot of give and take. He did have some so-so lines and like, you know, some early songs where he was kind of dragged down a little bit and then maybe a little bit later he was a little above average but kind of, you know, averaged him out and made him be average overall lyrically. But there were definitely some songs that I got from Heavy that I was not expecting to get. So that was cool to get that. But I just wanted to clarify what I was talking about when I say that he was a pleasant surprise because, you know, I say he was a pleasant surprise and then I turn around and, you know, give him a five lyrically and it's like, well, what's so pleasant about being average? Um, a lot of it is about what you expect to get. And I just got more than I expected to get when I went into doing Heavy D. Um, with that out of the way, let's get into the math of it. Lyrics, he gets a five. Albums, 3.34 with zero classics. Songs, minus 0.32. As we alluded that he didn't have any great songs and he did have a handful of weak ones. Impact, he gets an eight. Um, as far as that impact score, again, going into Heavy D, I didn't think that I would be giving him an eight for impact. I thought I would probably be giving him closer to a six. And I thought that six would be mainly based on his name alone and his commercial success that he had with a couple of, you know, pretty big songs. When we read his background, we didn't see any of the crazy accolades in him or Shan that we saw from some artists prior, maybe like LL Cool J or, um, you know, certain people that went certain amount of times platinum and certain amount of records sold and certain amount of awards won and stuff like that. But he did have some pretty big songs, but they were kind of in the sense to where, you know, like a Will Smith type of thing where it kind of just seemed like one of those things where they were just making these commercial songs and stuff. And then you sit down and you listen to some albums and you're like, oh, no, it's not just that. They actually can rap. They actually have some hard, good shit on here. Not to say that commercial songs are not good, but I'm talking about the real hip hop shit. Um... The point I'm trying to make is that I didn't expect Heavy D to have the long list of pretty big names that he had here as far as, as far as artists that he impacted. And I didn't really think he was going to have that many consistent albums. You know, I thought he had maybe four albums, not eight. And I thought that it would be more of a thing where one or two of the albums had a lot of popularity and then the rest of them were just, why is he even rapping? Again, expectations, wrong expectations. He went above and beyond the expectations that I had. Again, nothing too crazy. You know, five on the lyrics minus on the song score. So I'm not trying to get out of control here and put Heavy D on a pedestal. But he does get an eight for impact. He did influence a lot of pretty big names. And originality, he gets a seven and a half. And a lot of the reason behind that is because of the, the new Jack Swing and uh, the reggae fusion and stuff like that. Now, Heavy didn't really follow anything as, you know, whether it be his image. Um, now, his image was a product of the times in the sense that you could look at Heavy D and say late 80s, early 90s for sure. But it's not the same late 80s or early 90s as most of the rest of hip hop is the point that I'm trying to make. He was a little bit more with the suits and stuff like that as opposed to maybe the hats or the jewelry. So it was a little bit of a different approach, not the most original again, you know, not a Bismarcky, not a, 
not an ODB or anything like that, but image, not a follower. His message, not a follower. He was, you know, a little bit more of a positive, uplifting type of dude. Again, he did have his hard songs. He did have his hard bars and stuff like that. And like I said, he, he fit in and he stayed relevant. But, um, you know, his message and the fact that he really contributed to the the rise and the, the formation of a subgenre of New Jack Swing. And he had the reggae fusion as one of his... Uh, you know, one of his subgenres and stuff like that. He gets a seven and a half, a fairly decent above average score. Again, nothing crazy, no nine there, anything like that, but a pretty original artist. Add all five of those up and divide by five. You get a final score of 4.70, which leaves him in 28th place of 115 artists done. So Listen, like we said earlier, man, big shout out to Heavy D. The name is legendary. Most people know who Heavy D is. Um, again, not the craziest list of accolades, but did have some commercial success, a fairly decent amount. And he really did influence a lot of artists that I, I didn't know were influenced like that. You know, certain lines or certain beats or certain samples that were coming from Heavy D and stuff like that. Um... You know, we talked about him being the first artist that we covered that was passed away. So, rest in peace to Heavy D, man. Big shout out to Heavy D. <laughs> Got nothing negative to say about him, really, to be honest with you. Now, with those scores out of the way, let's get into the current list. Um, again, we're in April, so we're still doing the, 20, the top 25%. We're at 32 artists done, so the 25% will be a top 8, which is what we did last week. Um, so we're going to have the same number of people on as last week, but I did say that we wanted to see if Cool Modi was able to hang on to his last slot. I do want to point out that I was done with 114 people last episode. I'm done with 115 people now. So some people did move down, but it doesn't wind up being anybody that was in this top 25% here as Cool Modi is holding on to that 8th spot in 26th place of 115 artists done. And we just spoke about how Heavy D finished in 28th. So he is just out of making the top 25% list. MC Shan back in 73rd, so he doesn't make the list either. Um, your top 25% of artists covered so far in the top spot we have KRS-One who's in sixth place of 115 artists done in second behind him we have Rakim who's in ninth place of 115 artists done third is Revron of Run DMC in 12th place of 115 artists done fourth is LL Cool J in 13th place of 115 artists done fifth is Will Smith in 15th of 115 artists done Sixth is DMC of Run DMC, who's tied for 17th of 115 artists done. Behind him, we have Chuck D of Public Enemy, who's in 24th of 115 artists done. And then sitting in your eighth and final spot of our top 25% is Cool Modi, who hangs on for another week in 26th of 115 artists done. Real quick to run it over again, our top 25% final list is KRS-One, Rakim, Rev Run, LL Cool J, Will Smith, DMC, Chuck D, and Cool Moe D. So obviously, huge shout out to the guys that have stayed in the top 25% here. There's been a couple of names that have been in this list since the day that they came out. Rev Run has been in here since he came out. 
um, LL Cool J, a couple of people, a couple of the later artists, obviously. Uh, but, you know, somebody like Rev Run, who's been in here since early on and is still sitting in third place. A lot of good things being done here. So, again, big shout out to this top 25%. Shout out to all the artists covered so far, man. We're still in the 80s. We're in the golden era of hip-hop. So, a lot of pioneers that we're talking about. Big shout out to everybody. Let's get into our top 10% lyrically. As we spoke about, Heavy D gets a 5 and MC Shan gets a 4.5. So there's no change here for your top 10% lyrically. We're still not up to 40 artists covered yet. So we're not getting into a top 4. We're still at a top 3. In your number 1 spot, you got KRS-One with a lyrical score of 7. And then tied for 2nd, you have Will Smith and Rakim with a lyrical score of 6.5. Will Smith's name is just said first because his debut album came out first, so that's the way I just like to order people. Uh, we did speak about how Rakim, probably the better lyricist out of the two. You know, Will Smith more of a six and a half slash six, Rakim more of a six and a half slash seven. But nonetheless, they both get a six and a half, so they're tied for second right now. If you'd like to see any of the full lists, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast all spelt normally. I have the donate button on the Anchor profile, which is www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Anybody who hits the button, greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. If not, appreciate you listening. Hope everybody's enjoying the information so far. Um, not a huge episode today, but again, two big names. Next week, we have Eric Sermon and Big Daddy Kane which is another two big names. Uh, I will say some pretty interesting finishes. I'm not sure that they're really that far out into left field. I can't say that I was super shocked by either of these finishes, but um, a little bit, a little bit interesting. But nonetheless, big names. We had big names this week. Another two pretty big names. We got Eric Sermon and Big Daddy Kane. So that concludes episode 13. I will catch you next week for episode 14. Peace out. Tell it the tapes. Tell it the tapes. Might as well.